and what happens is you're in your default mode network there's a mechanism called your lateral habenula and that is recording all the stress you've ever had in your whole life if it becomes too much at any point the lateral habenula puts your brain into this burst mode and when your brain's in burst mode what it does is it cuts off your dopamine production completely my life used to feel like i was stuck on autopilot trapped in the same thought loops worries and fears then something major happened. Enter psychedelics. My name is Kat Walsh, and you're listening to Trip On This. Join me as we journey together into these mysterious realms, discussing everything from personal transformation, otherworldly experiences, and practical at-home tips. Welcome, fellow traveler, to the land of limitless possibilities. Welcome back, my friends. It's your host, Kat, and today's episode is with Zappy Zappelin. Zappi is a psychedelic concierge to the stars. He's a futurist, an entrepreneur, and a film director. During this episode, we talk about, of course, how one actually becomes a psychedelic concierge to the stars, but we also talk about his why, why he feels psychedelics are going to play such a major key in our evolution and growth as human beings, especially in this age of technology and AI. This episode is fun, it's informative, it moves, and I really hope you all enjoy it. So with that, I introduce Zappy Zappelin. Zappy, I'm so glad that I finally have you on this podcast because I actually read about a man that was a psychedelic concierge to the stars when I first jumped into starting Trip on This. And I was like, I want to talk to him. And I love, it took it took about two and a half years, but I love the fact yes. that it just so organically happened. And I mean, there's very little times that I get to say that I'm talking to a psychedelic concierge to the stars, maybe the first. So Ooh, first of all, thankfully. just welcome to the show. Thank you. Great to be here. I'm glad the universe conspired and we didn't even have to try and it just all came together. So great to be here. Awesome. So I think, of course, I definitely want to hear about like, how does one even become, how, how does this journey happen? But before we even do that, I'd love to actually define a little bit about what a psychedelic concierge is for people. Kind of like ground us, get all those kind of little questions out of the way and then really take you on your own journey. So first and foremost, what, how would you define a psychedelic concierge? Yeah, that's a good question. The reason I came up with this as a moniker for myself was that as I analyzed what I was doing, I didn't really think of myself as a shaman or a psychedelic guide or something like that. But I was like, oh, I'm having you know, this opportunity where I'm connecting people with all the right providers and giving them information before and after and things like that, helping them to figure out what to do, uh, which psychedelic, who to work with. And so I realized that like at a hotel, it's very similar. You go to the concierge and you say, hey, I want to go to, we want to go to dinner. Where should we go? And he asks you a series or she asks you a series of questions. You know, what kind of food do you like? Do you want music? Do you like wine, indoor, outdoor? Then they get a sense for it. And then they say, here's the perfect place. Mm -hmm. And they send you there. So with the psychedelic concierge, the questions are a little bit different. You're asking, hey, what is your intention for doing this psychedelic journey? And what are your traumas that you're trying to overcome? And once I have a feeling for that, then I'm able, just like the concierge at a hotel, to come up with a formula for you. And I kind of think it's better to come up with a formula as opposed to you need to do this psychedelic and, you know, just this one thing because there's more to it. You want to have 
a great experience, but you want to integrate it properly as well. So in my mind, and I'll give you an example, when I was concierging Lamar Odom, the basketball player Kardashian, uh, I came up with a formula for him, which was ketamine plus plant medicine plus a daily practice like meditation or breathing equals a conscious transformation. And so I wasn't able to throw him right into Ibogaine, even though I suspected that that's what he needed. But I knew that I had to come through the right channel for him, his family, his handlers. And so ketamine being this FDA approved Western medicine, go to the doctor's office. I knew that that was going to have to be the first step and usually is for a lot of people. And so everybody's formula could be different because, you know, what you're trying to achieve if you need you know, if you're having anxiety or depression or addiction, or if you, you know, need a hug from the grandmother, or you need more energy, it's all going to be different as far as what you personally need. And so there's not really a one size fits all. And that's why I think it's really important, even before you get the psychedelic that you think you need or connect with a guide, it's like, try to get some information from somebody who's like a psychedelic concierge, who can analyze your situation and then make a recommendation based on what's best for you. I love that. I love that. I love that you just carved out that like uh, a niche for yourself by just seeing like what's actually needed. Curious before we get into that, what are you? So obviously anytime you put like for the stars, I think there's always that like, Ooh, what are the stars going for? I'd love to be without Mm. naming names, of course, like what are some of those motivations and intentions you, you are seeing? Because I think we have this like idea of like celebrities and things like they're good. I mean, I think that's changed with social media that we understand that like they're just people too. But like what's coming up? Is it curiosity? Is it mental health? Is it addiction? Like I know with Lamar, for instance. Yeah, no, it really runs the gamut. I think, you know, post pandemic, we all have some level of PTSD right now that we need to address. And a lot of times when you try to address it with the things that we have traditionally had talk therapy antidepressants, whatever it is, those things are not working at this point. And people are realizing, hey, I have to take maybe a different approach. For some people that might be breathing or going into nature, some people it's psychedelics might be a macro dose or micro dosing. And so it's like, they're really open. I mean, like you said, they're people. So every single person, I think within their family, friend unit, they're dealing with somebody or themselves who have mental illness uh, or addiction going on and mm-hmm. to try to solve that yourself or to use traditional matters, it's just probably not going to work at this point because I don't even think people are, you know, are ready for the amount of information technology and things that are coming with them. And they need like this evolutionary loop or a personal, you know, leap forward. And that is psychedelics to me. And the fact that they're so safe and effective, if you get in the right set and setting with the right person and you're going to have an experience, I've never seen one go bad where somebody was in the right frame of mind and in the right environment with the right people. It's going to go well. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really well said. So I'm curious, actually before, I mean, is there, is there something that you tend to like, what's the predominant molecule that you tend to work with or, 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 uh, recommend to people like, is it Mm. mushrooms? Is ayahuasca? Is it ketamine because of the legality around it and you don't have to go anywhere for that? (laughs) It really, it really depends. I mean, it depends where they are in the world and what the status of things are, you know, what their personal 
and family situation will allow. So it really does depend on the person and the situation. But, you know, for me, I think there's value in all of them. The ketamine, like you said, it's the only one that's really FDA approved, available for the public. And so it tends to be uh, one of the ones that I use quite a bit in the beginning because, you know, to go take somebody to a doctor's office, prep them properly, let them have that, you know, dissociative, you know, effect where their left and right brain dissociates and lets that brain communicate whichever way it wants to without their ego getting involved. I mean, I almost think that we all need that. Uh, And when you talk about that evolutionary leap that people need, uh, ketamine also represents that because how are you going to handle all this information and technology coming at you constantly? Most people, it's overwhelming. There's data out right now, uh, a study that comes out of uh, Nature Magazine that says that you have this area of your brain that's called your default mode network, which a lot of people have heard about. And that's either defaulting to worrying or creativity. And so it's kind of, for most people, it's supposed to be in the middle there to help you and protect you. But some people, they're just stuck in worry, 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 and they can't break it. It's very difficult. And what happens is, you're in your default mode network, there's a mechanism called your lateral habenula. And that is recording all the stress you've ever had in your whole life. If it becomes too much at any point, the lateral habenula puts your brain into this burst mode. And when your brain's in burst mode, what it does is it cuts off your dopamine production completely. Mm-hmm. And that's your happiness, your motivation, and you're getting none of that. And the science shows that the first time that you do medical ketamine, it puts takes your brain out of burst mode and all of a sudden you start getting your dopamine back. So ketamine's been shown, Yale University called it 70% effective against treatment resistant depression. But a lot of those people, they're just in burst mode. They don't even know it. They just can't even get any happiness into them. And then they get the ketamine reset and now they're getting dopamine and they're just like, oh my God, I want to live. I want to you know, change my lifestyle. And it's a really powerful thing. It's so fun to watch. And it's kind of like my favorite thing about psychedelics is they happen so quick that it's not like a diet program where you got to wait, you know, six months or something. It's like, boom, you get the right set and setting and there you are. It could be so immediate. First of all, I've never heard that about the the lateral labellum. Habenula. I have never heard of that. But what it struck me as is, you know, I like for myself before psychedelics, I only knew what I knew. Right. So like how I felt, I thought was my baseline. So I guess I now in hindsight, I guess I was in a low grade depression and always worried, like, like you were saying, like just kind of always anxious. And it really wasn't until I stepped out of my normal way of seeing the world that I realized like, huh. Do I not have to see it like that? And so to me, like, this is why um, it's great that mental health is leading the the charge because there's, there's a very, acute, there's a very acute problem right now with, mm-hmm. with um, mental health. But then on the flip side of that too, is just better human living and human potential. And mm-hmm. even for those that might not be, you know, um, told that they have like depression or, or or anxiety, the thing is we can always expand ourselves. We can always um, evolve and change and, and, and grow. And so 
I I really love it like on on both sides of like yeah. a tool of human potential for that evolution and for yeah. AI is coming and all of these different things like how are we going to be okay in the world with all of this happening and and how do we quickly evolve past the caveman days yeah just being afraid of of just from you know pure biology yeah that's a good point i mean and that's why the formula because it's like yeah you might have a psychedelic experience break out of your normal patterns and again you know the science on the ketamine is every time you do it it builds new neural pathways in your brain and it's strengthening the foundation of kind of like your original frequency and where you resonate and so that's part one but part two is once you start feeling like good like that you're like okay well what's the limits of this could i take this could i go for peak performance and there's a lot of psychedelic opportunities related to peak performance um where i think you know the combination of the two is what we're talking about i think post pandemic everybody's like oh my god we have you know these a suicide epidemic, you know, addiction, mental health, we need something. But then once you get past that, you're like, oh, wow, like, what if I was using more of my brain? What if I didn't have this low level fear going on all the time? Where would I be at? And, you know, back to your question about what do you recommend? I almost always at some point recommend microdosing psilocybin mushrooms. Um, in some cases, maybe microdosing LSD, if that's you know, more compatible with the person and maybe they're trying for creativity and that's more important. But, you know, to take a microdose because the definition of a microdose is a subperceptual amount, an amount that you're not going to be feeling and that is just going to be like an undertone. And I think that the power of that is amazing because you, you know, you don't have to take time off from work and you don't have to have this potentially huge trip and then have to integrate that but you're just taking a tiny bit of the medicine and like homeopathy where you take a little bit of the medicine and then your body knows what to do that's what you're doing with microdosing and it's just a simple way to start and people say well how much should i take and what should i take i mean the basis is you know, a microdose is typically like a tenth of a of what of a dose. So with psilocybin, if you took a tenth of a gram, again, it should be subperceptual for most people. But then after a couple of weeks, you could go up to you know a fifth of a gram and see where you're at, or you know a quarter of a gram and see where you're at. And once you start to feel, you know, maybe that you're tripping or you're change your motor skills, then you're able to kind of back it off and say, okay, that's my range. Now let me get back into microdose so I can, you know, do a sustained plan, you know, three times a week, every other day or five days on, two days off, whatever your protocol turns out to be. You know, the cool part about it is that you're at such a low level that mm -hmm. it seems might even seem like it's not really working. But I have a lot of people right now in their 50s, 60s, even 70s that just started microdosing and they're like, I'm I'm so much happier. I'm so much more productive at work. I'm so much more creative. Like this is incredible. And I have to, you know, attribute that opportunity that they took based on what maybe cannabis did as leading the path. Because I think for a lot of people in their 60s and 70s who've been told, you know, marijuana bad, ruin your brain, 
now that it's legal, they're starting, they've been taking it the last couple of years. Maybe they're, you know, doing edibles or whatever. And they think to themselves, wow, like this cannabis is really good for me. They told me it was bad. And now I'm realizing it's really good. So I'm open to psychedelic medicine for that reason. And I just see them, you know, not having the resistance they would have had, you know, even a couple of years ago. I mean, it helps with the headlines too, right? It definitely helps with so much research for psychedelics as opposed to cannabis that didn't have a lot of that research to help it, even though it's amazing that we still like got it through with that. But um, really it's like much later did we actually get to really study cannabis. A lot of it is just... Um, we're, we're like with the psychedelics, like we're seeing like hard science and like, that's, yeah. I think that's the great part about like all these pieces to the puzzle the you know, the shamanic work that people do, the, the underground, but then also the science and the research, because that is ultimately what, that's, what's helping legitimize this and actually bring conversations like this out in the open. And, and for folks like you're talking about who have had a very strong narrative around the war on drugs, especially if they lived through the Reagan era and like times like that, then there, there's, um, all the ways that we can destigmatize and legitimize is going to be super helpful. And, you know, that's for trip on this. Like for me, it's my, so much of the focus is around stories of transformation because right next to the, uh, right next to the science, right. And hearing about what people are doing, then you hear stories like Lamar's, right. And then you're like, wow, there is actually real hope around, um, something's life-saving, life-changing, life, you know, affirming in so many different ways. And what I heard you say also with uh, the the dosages, I love your message around, there's a, there's a bit of self-discovery. Every single mm-hmm. body is different. And yeah. so starting low is always good, but then really finding what your uh, range is, is, is really the key. And I think that is, there's a little bit of that with psychedelics anyway, is like, look, there's some, there's a, there is a discovery and a mm-hmm. willingness to be like, okay, well, that's not, you know, maybe that's too much for me. I'm a little, it's a little too much. Like, cool. You're going to be okay. Like, but I think that starting it, once you know what it feels like in your body, we're able to navigate the come up, you know, like when it starts yeah. getting a little more intense than we kind of yeah. wanted it to be. No, you know, I think that like in the near future, there's going to be testing available where we're going to test people and we're going to realize that, oh, wait, you should not have tryptamines. You're basically allergic to them. Kind of like a peanut allergy. There's like 2,500 people a year that have a peanut allergy. It's like we don't have to like stop eating peanuts as a society. We just isolate who shouldn't have them. And I think some people maybe shouldn't have tryptamines or somebody else, you know, ketamine's better for them or, you know, whatever it is, we're going to find that out in this science and that's going to be really helpful. But I want to like encourage people to that, you know, the bottom line is most doctors do not even know about nutrition, which could solve 80% of the problems that they're working on. So why would we think that they know about psychedelics? They don't. And we're not going to listen to them. We're talking about We've got people like Matthew Johnson at Johns Hopkins or Robin Carhart Harris at University of California, San Francisco, or the MAPS organization. They've already done the science. It's settled. These are very safe and non-addictive. So let's listen to them. Don't ask your doctor. Don't ask your friend. Don't ask you know, uh, a, a publication like you know, uh, WebMD because they don't know. They're part of the whole old paradigm. And yes. so- I just think people have to now, you know, like they're doing with everything else, you know, do their own homework. And at at the end of the day, 
try to find somebody who has a lot of experience so that you can avoid, you know, in the moment where we don't have that kind of testing, you could avoid having a bad situation. And as I said earlier, most bad situations happen when somebody's in the wrong set and setting, their mindset's not proper to go into it, and they're not in the right setting. Maybe they should be at home on a couch with an eye shade, but they're at a concert with 10,000 people. And that's just like, you know, that's not right for them. And you have to like, you know, just try to figure out what is the safest, easiest way to, you know, get yourself in here right now. I love those great, great points about the the doctor stuff and the nutrition and yeah, just period on that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let, let's talk a little bit about now, like I, I hear your passion. How, what were you doing before you really saw the need for the kind of work that you're doing now with psychedelics? But, but who, who were you pre this? What's your relationship with psychedelics? And, and did they call you in? Yeah, you know, what happened for me was that I, you know, I, when I grew up, when I was younger and as a teenager, I had this very amazing uh, psychedelic experience. And uh, that experience was that when I was tripping, I looked at my hand and I saw that it was trillions of atoms and they were vibrating at this certain frequency. And then I looked over at my friend and he was the exact same atoms, but his frequency was just slightly different. I looked at the table, same atoms, just a more active frequency. And I was like, oh my God, like there's more going on than I'm, my five senses were telling me. I'm going to have to incorporate this into the rest of my life. And years and years went by, decades. And I got to this point in around 2010 where I had done everything that society told me to do to be fulfilled the American dream. They were like, go to school, get a job, make money, have a family, you'll be totally fulfilled. And so I did all of that. I worked on Wall Street. I made millions of dollars in domain names. I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm, I don't think I'm totally fulfilled. I don't even know who I am right now, you know? And so I thought back to that psychedelic experience I had when I was younger and I thought, you know what, maybe I have to go inside of myself for some of these answers. I can't find them outside of that. It's not in the material world. I just figured that out. So I'll go inside myself. And I'd heard about people going down to the jungle to do ayahuasca. And I kind of said, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go sit with a shaman in the jungle and get to the bottom of this thing. And I was, I had had production experience before camera crews and stuff like that. So I said, I'm going to film this. And if I can incorporate, you know, help people and share it, that would be great. I wound up getting Michelle Rodriguez, the actress from Fast and Furious, to come with me. And we went to Peru and I filmed it. And we put the movie, The Reality of Truth, we put that out in 2016. And that movie's been seen over 20 million times. It's said to have caused over a million people to have a psychedelic experience because they watched the movie. And... I was like, this is amazing. I got to, you know, came back from the jungle. I was like, I got to tell everybody to do psychedelics with shamans. And and so most of the people I realized that needed it the most in my friend circle were like, Zappy, I cannot tell my family right now. I'm going down to the jungle to sit with a shaman. They'll like Baker act me right now. Put me in a mental (laughs) institution, you know? So I was like, all right, I got to find a Western medicine approach. And I saw ketamine 2015 and I was like, wow, this is, you know, looks amazing. I convinced the doctor to give me the protocol that they came up with at Yale University, which is a, you know, low dose infusion 
And as soon as the ketamine hit me, I was just like, oh, wow, like this is the best part of the ayahuasca journey with all the dieting, without the dieting and the purging. And I was like, oh, my God, this is it. This is the one, you know, and it wore off really quickly. I was able to go back to, you know, my life right after what happened in the ketamine experience. I was there in that present moment. I didn't need to integrate some kind of, you know, obscure thing that I was thinking might be, it was just very clear. And I thought, okay, FDA approved, safe, effective. This is where I'm really going to, you know, push the gas in my life and tell people to do this. And so I opened a clinic in 2015 with a doctor here in Florida, and we started to give ketamine treatments to people, different doses and different, you know, uh, people having different issues. And it was so clear that this was a miraculous opportunity for society. And so I was going around the country showing my movie, The Reality of Truth. And after a screening here in Florida, somebody came up to me and said, hey, I'm friends with Lamar Odom, the basketball player, Kardashian. He's not in a good place right now. I just saw your movie. Would you talk to him about psychedelics and plant medicine? And so I said, yeah, great. He'd be a great subject, you know? And um, so they introduced me to Lamar. And after I spent some time with him and his his team, uh, they were like, okay, you know, let's do it. You know, he's tried everything else. Let's try the ketamine. We took him to a doctor's office. And thankfully, he let me film it. It was a transformational experience for him. He'd always been told, do not do psychedelics. You know, if something goes wrong... You know, you're an African-American guy. You could be shot by the police. You could be put in a mental institution. Like, this is just not for you. And so he never went near it. Now, at this point that he was at where he tried everything else and nothing had worked, he was willing to give it a shot. And, you know, of course, had been hearing a little bit more about psychedelics being, you know, potentially positive at that time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he um, he came and did it. He had an amazing experience. And then after he got more comfortable a few more sessions in, as the psychedelic concierge, I said, Lamar, you know, you're stabilized, but you're, you have an addiction profile and you need to go probably down to Mexico to see a doctor and do Ibogaine, which is an African route that can break an addiction, heroin, meth, coke, gambling, two packs of cigarettes, like in one 12-hour session, you could potentially break that. And the fact that you're an African-American guy and this is an African route, who knows, maybe you're supposed to be having it, but you've been cut off from it culturally. And, you know, why don't you try it? And he was open to it at that point because of the positive experiences with the ketamine. We went down there and he had this transformational experience with the Ibogaine where, you know, two days later, um, he told me that he felt so good mentally and physically that he thought he could make a comeback in professional basketball. Wow. And even though, you know, he'd been in a coma from an overdose and he'd had 12 strokes and six heart attacks. And yeah, severe it was my goodness really horrible but what happened was the train his trainer was with us and his trainer was like lamar dude you're 40 years old you know you'd have to work out four hours a day you can't be smoking marijuana all day lamar was like i know what i gotta do i'm gonna do it and he just like unmotivated by anybody else just went and trained trained and he wound up playing it's in the movie reborn with lamar uh, about his psychedelic intervention he goes and plays basketball in dubai 
for the Philippines professional team. And it was like this personal Rocky moment for him where he's like, oh my God, I'm not even supposed to be alive, but like, I'm out here having fun. Like, this is incredible. And, you know, um, it's now two and a half years later. He's, you know, told me that he has not done any hard drugs since then. And he told me, in fact, that one of my best testimonials, he said that when Kobe Bryant died, he said on that day, he knew that he could, as a drug addict, he could use and people would give him a pass on it. And he said, you know what, Zappy? He's like, since I had that Ibogaine that day, he's like, I just didn't have the desire to do it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And I was like, wow, you know, what could this do for everyone? And um, yeah. I tried Ibogaine in 2015 myself because I tried every other psychedelic and I was like, how could this thing break a heroin addiction in 12 hours? It doesn't even make any sense to me. I yeah. feel like I need to do it. I'm not addicted to anything, but um, I'm sure I could use a mental and physical reboot just like everybody yes. else. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I went and did it and, and I, it was a great experience. I totally understand how it does what it does. It's a real, you know, the Bwiti who used this uh, for millennia, in Africa, they use this to get in touch with their ancestors. Yes. And so when you take the Ibogaine, um, you do have this sort of ghost of Christmas past where you revisit your life and these different experiences and have all these unique experiences that at the end of it, you come out and you're like, you know what? I think I'm totally fine. And I'm resonating at like my original frequency before, you know, schools and institutions mm -hmm. put whatever on me and my family like i'm now resonating at a certain frequency so when people come to me and say hey do you want to do this or that you're just like mm, doesn't really resonate with me as yeah. opposed to being you know just reactive to everything like everybody is you're not you're so firm in what resonates with you that you can start to make decisions um that are unique and and in the moment did you experience the slideshow I, I've the few people I've talked to about Ibogaine and, and Iboga is like it's so first of all it's so different than you know DMT mushrooms LSD like the, the the entire experience is absolutely its own experience yeah. and that the, a lot of people have described what they experience as like a slideshow of their life like very crisp clear images now of mm. course not everybody has visionary experiences uh, but I'm curious, what did you experience like that? Yeah, it's it's a very, you know, like you're describing it, it's different than, let's say, ayahuasca, where you're, you know, having this like, you know, fractals and all kinds of stuff. And you're like, oh, I wonder what that meant. And it's kind of very esoteric what you're supposed to do with the information. And but the ibogaine, it's just so crystal clear. It's like, you know, according to medical science, it's working on every aspect of your brain. But I describe it a little bit more chaotic than a slideshow. I would say it's sort of like you're in the eye of a hurricane and mm -hmm. everything's flying around. And then you just kind of put your attention on something and then you go into that experience and then Ooh. you come back out of it and you look at something else and you go, oh, that's interesting. You go into that or you look at something, and you're like, no, nah, I'm not going there. And then you like go somewhere else. But it's really oh, that's cool. You know what that reminds me of? Sorry to interrupt you. It reminds yeah. me of like, you know, in like the, in those, um, uh, the shows where it might be like a cop show or something and they like tap 
something and then they can like widen it like on the screen like yeah they're looking for something or someone and they see something and they like tap the screen and then widen it and then close it and then like is, is that that's, that's, that's the image that yeah, came to me when that you were saying sounds that. yeah there's quite a bit of that i i think you know what's crazy is that you know you're taking this plant that's thousands of years old mm -hmm. and as you have the experience it's almost like the technology that you're experiencing is beyond Google. So you're like, as you're having this experience, you're like, how is this so high tech? How is this, you know, how are these different experiences being shown to me? Because you could, you know, quite literally see something that never happened that where you weren't there. You could see something from your past, from your future, from somebody else's perspective. And it's just like to be able to navigate like that you know, is impossible without the guidance of this kind of energy, this frequency that it is. And, you know, I think like most people, including Lamar, you know, trauma is the thing that's really the problem. It's not really that he's addicted to this drug or that. It's just, yeah. you know, Lamar, you see in the movie Reborn, he lost his mom when he was 12 years old to cancer. He had a six month old son die, you know, um, you know, and so he never addressed it. He just tried to keep busy and, you know, keep numb just to not think about that. And so when you do that, you have to go further and further in numbing. And that's where he was at. And so he wasn't addicted to one thing. But if somebody said, hey, I got some of this, he would just take it. And so now, you know, where he's vibrating at his own frequency, it's like he's already, you know, knows where he's at. And in the movie, you see that he actually heard his mother's voice for the first time in, you know, 25 years, 30 years kind of thing. And that was like an amazing experience just to hear her voice and some of his other relatives. And during then he the said during the trip. Yeah. Mm -hmm. he, and it was like, just so, you know, amazing to him uh, and confirmational. Then he saw his son who had passed away at six months old. He got to see the son grow to be, you know, eight or nine years old and then grow to be a teenager and spend time with him. Oh my and he's God. like, I know he's like, I wish this for everyone who lost somebody, you know, because to be able to clean that up and really have this real experience is so transformational. And that's wow. what these things are. They really defy logic. Like I said, how could this, you know, thousand year old plant be bringing up, you know, Google search bars that are more advanced. Like you said, the minority report where yeah, it's all yeah, doing exactly. it. Thing, exactly. you know? Minority report. Perfect. Yeah. What's that? And, uh, <laughs> you know, I even had one experience in it where I, I asked to, you know, see something and I found myself sitting in a movie theater and I'm looking at this screen and the scene's going on and I look back and there's a projector that's projecting it. And I look up and there's like dust going through the projector. It was like, it was realer than my conversation right here as I'm sitting here. It was mm -hmm. just that real. And I'm thinking, how can, how can that be? And it's really, you know, the power of these compounds and the fact that, you know, I think it's like, I describe it a little bit more as they each have this frequency vibration. So ketamine, for example, it's a super high frequency vibration and you start resonating at very high frequency. And, you know, we're right now in our 3D reality, just in this one frequency. And I think that's probably why we haven't 
run into any aliens yet is we're just in this frequency and we keep going deeper and deeper into space in this frequency. But if we, you know, we're able to change our frequency, those aliens, they're right here, right now. We don't have to go looking for them. We're just in the wrong frequency for that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I'm, (laughs) you're speaking my language with all that uh, for sure. Because I mean, and it's also just how much reporting I, I just on this note and then we'll move on to something else but there's a I had this experience with like a like a mantis being let's say and I just didn't know what to make of it I was like okay let me just I don't know I was like on a big mushroom trip and then I looked at then oh I started looking up a little bit about like what happened I realized like other people did too and then double blind you know the the publication right yeah or the psychedelic media company they then a week later were like uh, like hundreds of thousands of people have reported seeing praying mantis beings on a psychedelic trip. Um, and wow. some people, and I, I actually made a TikTok about it and people were like, I've seen them not on a trip. And I was like, okay, what that, what yeah. is going on? I'm so, it makes me yeah. so excited about like, just the mis- like you're saying the, the mysteries and magic of the world that we live in actually. And, yeah. and I, I think the, the biggest if there's one thing that for sure psychedelics did for me is it connected me back to the fact that this universe that we live in is spectacular and mysterious mm-hmm. and magical. And I was very, very disconnected from that. And I think a lot of people can be, if you're very jaded or you're very stuck and you haven't had an experience outside of that very dense reality, like you're talking about, but then you mm-hmm. suddenly get to, you know, and, and I think it's, we're self-confirming, right? So it's like, all I, I believe that, in every moment the universe is talking to me and I see synchronicities all the time. And the more I believe in magic, the more I see it. And that's the yeah. truth is like, so my, my world becomes more magical. The more I, the more I believe it and see it, then it becomes for me. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, yeah, no, it's, a, it's like the Einstein quote. He says, you can either believe that nothing's a miracle or everything's a miracle. Exactly. And, well said. You Perfect. know, you, think about life right now it's like you know we're human beings and we have this filtering mechanism with our senses they're always scanning for danger you know and so scanning scanning somebody comes into my field i scan it you know and back when we were more tribal if somebody came into your field you know it made sense that you would try to you know alert and figure out what's going on now we're living in a totally different time and your filters need to be changed and so I think the benefit of a psychedelic experience is that it allows you to go beyond your human filters. And so when you can step outside of those filters and look at something through it, you know, from a different angle, um, not with those human, uh, you know, just traps on it, you really can have a transformational experience. You can get back to, this is a miracle. And I'm going to enjoy it every single day because it's totally miraculous. I mean, I think people are a little jaded right now. I call it like we're having an empathy crisis right now Mm -hmm. where people, you know, they want to care and they do care, but there's so much shit coming at them that eventually they're just like, I can't deal with this. I can't think about it. And psychedelics, when you go beyond your humanness and you're able to see the interconnectedness see things like I saw with my friend and I, where I was, you know, all the same atoms and there are atoms in between. It's impossible to get there with your five senses. You need to break it either, you know, some, you know, 
I don't know, uh, a vision quest or a fasting or whatever it is that could get you there. Maybe a near-death experience could bring it about. The most reliable way we have in the safest way is psychedelics to reconnect you to that miracle and let you see that, hey, you know what? Just because there's not a burning bush right here, you are talking on a cell phone to China in real time. Yeah. You you know, your uh, the sun is 93 million miles away, so we can have an atmosphere to breathe. Like everything is miraculous. Yes. And if you can see it through that filter, life becomes like really exciting and you get excited to wake up every day. And the thing is, is like then the more that you get reconnected to that miracle, then your world begins to show it to you more and more because, and maybe because the world is responding to us, right? You know, the more, I always think that everywhere I go, I'm going to make friends because it's easy mm. for me to make friends. And I believe that, and it's easy for me to connect. And, and, and for the most part, I'd say like 99% of the time, that is my experience because, because that's, that's, it's, it's in my belief system. It's in my mm. knowing, right. As a person, and so yeah. it's just, it's just constantly mirrored back to us. You know, it's that same thing. Like you think you're going to run into shitty people all the time and that's your narrative. You probably are because we're looking for it. You miss so much raw data actually, like, because we're looking, the mind wants to confirm it's right. So, Mm. you know, I, I have, I think I've talked about this on it, but it's an example of a friend of mine and I, we both went to a festival and, um, an old friend actually. And she was definitely a little bit more of like a glass half. And I wouldn't say empty, but like just, her lens was different than mine. Okay. So not without judgment on which is different. All I saw, I commented to her, I was like, I can't believe how many beautiful people there are here. Like everyone's so stylish and like gorgeous. And she's like, what? All she's like, everyone's like, I don't know, out of shape. And like, they're not like attractive, like the whole. And I was like, are we in the same place? And so somehow my, I was just seeing the beauty that I was I was, I was pulling into myself because I was excited about it. And at the, obviously wherever she was coming from, all she was seeing was what was unattractive to her. And I just thought, wow, that is fascinating that we are in the same place, having an entirely different experience because of our outlook. Yeah. So you're so right on there. And I think I'm theorizing also that, you know, as we're continuing to live longer and have, see all these things that you're seeing, um, your your brain starts to get a little bit bored, meaning, you know, I kind of know sitting here in my living room, I'm not going to, a plane's probably not going to come flying through and, you know, <laughs> right. all, you know, whatever it is, I'm just like filtering not. this stuff. Yeah, I hope not. But like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, my senses are not even with that. So mm-hmm. as I'm filtering, and I kind of know the next thing I'm sort of going to say, I know I'm going to reach for the water and it's like everything becomes very known or very close to known and you keep, you know, banging up against that. So people get bored and they want to be surprised. So that's why people go to a horror movie. They're like, give me something to be surprised yeah. about. And then that happens, you know, and like, oh my God, that's so great. But psychedelics are the definition is to let go and not know what's going to happen. And so when you do surrender to that, uh, it really makes you feel good because you're just like, Oh, wow. Like there's so many things that I didn't filter out and these things. And then, like you said, when you come back into it after you're just, you're, you are seeing the miracle and it's coming to you more 
And so I think like the, that is really the benefit of these psychedelic uh, compounds is they're putting you in this present moment awareness where there's no past, no future. It's just right there in the present. And then you can look at that in an unfiltered way and you can really say, wow, you know what? This is pretty miraculous. This is incredible. I really feel connection and I can't wait to see what's going to happen next. And so most people, it's not that. It's just like, I know it's going to happen. It's boring. Life's boring. I'm never going to do this, that, and this, and that. Break out of that with psychedelics. You don't have to go to the jungle. You don't have to go to on a vision quest to the desert. You could really have that, you know, right in your own living room on your own couch if you're in the right set and setting. And I encourage that. I would say start with a microdose so you know where you're at. But uh, do not resist this right now because right now, post-pandemic, of course you have some amount of PTSD. We all do. And then we have Putin's maybe going to blow us off and the <laughs> right, air's right. poison. World you know? things. Yeah, just like everything's poison. So like, of course you're going to be um, have anxiety and potentially even uh, PTSD, things like that. So to break that, if you want to get back to everything's a miracle, you can take these miraculous compounds get into present moment awareness, take the filters off, transcend being a human and see what it looks like after that. And I think you're going to be surprised. It looks pretty awesome. Well, that's so beautifully said. And actually the kind of the last topic I'd love to talk about, and it's really more of like your opinion, because I've got, a, I've got a working theory and it's around that psychedelics make us more entrepreneurial um, and more risk tolerant. And mm. I, it's something I'm, I, I'd like to actually start like doing some research around it because it's certainly my story and it's yeah. a lot of people I seem to talk to a lot of people. And if it's not entrepreneurial, although just for the focus of that, I find that like, yeah, there is a level of, and maybe that is out of getting out of the cynical mind and getting mm. to see what's not in alignment, right? There's, there's two things that I feel like can happen with that kind of experience is like, um, one, it breaks you out of, uh, potentially that cynical mode of thinking, but also just, yeah, I mean, just opening us up to like, also like what doesn't work for our life and what have we been like putting up, what have we been pretending has been okay, but it's really not okay. And it's now becoming very, very obvious for us. Um, but what, yeah. what are your thoughts around psychedelics and entrepreneurism? Yeah. Entrepreneurism? I, Do you think so? I think it's an incredible biohack for uh, everyone, but for entrepreneurs, it's particularly exciting because you're already a little bit open to the unknown. And so, but you're filtering it again through all your experiences and other people around you's experiences. And it's hard to break out and you're going to have horrible days and you're going to wake up on, as an entrepreneur being like, wow, this isn't worth it. I should just go get a job. You know, so in all of those moments, if you have a little bit of an expanded consciousness picture little more hope, a little more like, mm, I feel like some miracles just going to happen right in this last moment. You know, you could be a more productive entrepreneur. And then you see, you know, let's say uh, Steve Jobs, you know, he, I don't know that that's why he was an entrepreneur, but it made him a better entrepreneur. Sure. Elon Musk, same thing. You know, you see these people that are using psychedelics for peak performance. Maybe initially they have to get out of some stuck mode that they're in. But once they get into that entrepreneurial mode, 
you know, a lot of times you're flying by the seat of the pa- your pants. There's no guidebook for what to do in a new industry or a new company. And so you need to have next level faith, uh, more creativity, the ability to look at something from a third party perspective. And that is almost impossible given, like I said, all that information and technology and things that are coming at you. Uh, so I think as a productivity tool, this is going to be an incredible tool for uh, folks. I've been doing these group uh, ketamine sessions where I've taken entrepreneur groups, uh, Silicon Valley executive teams. A few weeks ago, I did a group of Harvard Medical School, Yale Medical School doctors. And the idea is to have this group experience and to when you come out of that, you do have more empathy for everybody else in the company, um, more creativity, the, the ability to look at things from a different perspective. And so the groups that are doing this are absolutely on fire. They're changing their business. And one of my close friends, uh, he was, as an entrepreneur, having a really tough time in his business and in his personal life. And he was a real low point. And he was at a 4th of July party a few years ago. And somebody had a bowl of mushrooms on the table. And he was like, you know what? Who cares? I'm just going for it. Grabbed a giant handful, you know, probably, you know, five grams or more. And he ate him. And he said he had this incredible awareness that came to him about, you know, what he was doing and, and what he liked to do. And literally two days later he he started his new business a data company which you know he's now making millions of dollars from um and so i think it would have been impossible for him to break out of that any other way but you know having a deep transformational psychedelic experience yeah wow i love stories like that but that's that awareness piece i mean it's awareness, right? Like, I think that that is the ultimate thing that we're getting like really tapped into uh, awareness about ourselves, about what we really like about, yeah, sometimes it's more cosmic and sometimes it's very much about the self, right? Whatever you need in that moment. And obviously for him, it was like just such a clarifying, also inspirational, whatever that starting a new business two days later, like that's wild. But I, mm-hmm. I really, you know, I definitely, I agree. Like the group stuff, I think is something that I'm very, very excited about, particularly because so many people are, are, I mean, loneliness is is such a pervasive um, topic and problem for for so many people, and so here we've got this ability to potentially like have something that very much connects, um, especially even in microdoses. I mean, like I would be so uh, some of my best times with my friends have been we're all like tripping on a little bit of mushrooms or hill molly, mm-hmm. like we're just having like a grand old time. But the laughs, the 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 humor, the the it's so deep. You know, the, mm-hmm. the connection there is so deep and it's different than yeah. alcohol where it's just like you're forgetting what's happening. Like I remember every moment of that. Like it's so crystal clear in in the connection. And it's usually the conversations are so expansive and what do we want and, and just the mm-hmm. observations about life and um yeah. It's right. Just, well no, I, I'm not sure I'm supposed to say this or you're allowed mm-hmm. to say this, but like I probably wouldn't hire anybody if they didn't have a psychedelic experience. Because I know that, you know, if they're not neuroplastic enough to accept something negative or think about it a different way or get creative beyond what's been done before, how useful are they? I'm not sure. And so, 
I feel I like it's I like mean, almost like a prerequisite now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I know that's like for people that have never done psychedelics, I know that that it seems to be like a little bit of a problem for some people that have never tried it. But it's like it's one of those things like one it's it's impossible to know until you've yeah. actually experienced it. It's not. Yeah. It is just information until it become. It's knowledge is only through experience. Knowledge is yeah. direct experience. So without yeah. direct experience, uh-huh. it is just words. And so. Yeah. You know, I think it's really, look, there's probably going to be people that can do a good job enough, but I guess like who I would opt for would be somebody who has been there. I mean, that's why the, the, those, when you go to ayahuasca and you, and you do your, you know, research and you find a really good shaman, it's because they have walked every realm of, of these, you know, and have seen things and, and can navigate lots of spaces that you mm. want to be feel like you're held no matter what is happening that you've been someone who's like who's been there with you <laughs> yeah no I and you. I you know, yeah no really and I into an experience with you I think like you're right on and I mean you know it used to be when psychedelics were more taboo even you know four months ago before a psychedelic science 2023 event where 15,000 people came together in Denver yeah. and you had Aaron Rodgers and the governor of the state and all these people that normalized it post pandemic. And so as an entrepreneur, if you're sitting there and you're going, okay, what should I do? Well, okay. Think about this. Elon Musk takes psychedelics, Joe Rogan, uh, Steve Jobs. These are the most brilliant people of our time. If they're taking it for peak performance, what's your excuse for not doing it? (laughs) Maybe you're never going to reach where you want to reach because you don't have the tools. And, um, you know, I think about that a lot. You know, I saw this interview with Joe Rogan where, you know, it was very shortly after he was almost canceled because people were claiming he was racist and he had a horrible experience with that. And the interviewer asked him, you know, how'd you get through it? And Joe Rogan said mushrooms. And the guy was like, oh, wow, what what did you do? A microdose or something? He's like, no, I just did like a gram a day, kind of just didn't really focus on the negative. And the guy was like, Oh, wow, how did it turn out? He's like, great. He goes, you know, at the end, I had like 2 million more subscribers. So yeah, it was great. You know? <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> but yeah. it's like, how could you know, he could have committed suicide, he could have quit, he could have been depressed, like all these things. But no, he turned to this peak performance tool. Elon Musk has turned to it. And I think, you know, it'll come out later that like a lot of my associates and friends, they've been using ketamine for peak performance for 20 years. And that is their special power is that they can go beyond their normal human filters and imagine in a different way. So I think it's like for an entrepreneur, absolutely. You should make sure that in the next 12 months you're going and doing in the right set and setting a psychedelic experience. If you want to go to the next level. Yeah. Very cool. So Final words. Uh, what are you up to? What are you working on? What are you excited about right now? What's exciting you in the world, Zappy? Like, what's, what's um, lighting you up? Yeah, I mean, I'm sitting here. You can see I'm at the Mind Army headquarters, and the Mind Army is my nonprofit. We're fighting for the right to pursue happiness, and it's our belief that it's your inalienable right to have the freedom to go inside your own mind for answers and healing. And yes. we're not going to sit here, you know. Yeah, we're not going to sit here in 2023 and let people tell us that alcohol is good, tobacco is good, but psilocybin bad. And you right. can't even access it, even if you're in a crisis or, you know, somebody in your family's uh, in a situation. So we're just telling people, okay, 
we've got a situation where we have to act outside of the societal norms, but these are going to be looked back at as transformational in the same way that a lot of, you know, advances in society have later become very important. So I'm a firm believer that we have to get these things legal right now. It expands the whole business front. Yeah. Uh, it takes care of the mental health issue, the addiction to fentanyl situation. There's just very, very powerful ways to do this. And there's even new technology. I'm involved with a company that has a patent for putting psychedelics at the back of the neck base of the hairline. For, and basically, uh, it turns out there are nerves right under the skin there that lead directly to the brain. So when you put the psychedelic right there, it goes direct to the brain, never goes into your body, your bloodstream. So you don't have a psychedelic effect, no dizziness or nausea, but you do get the effect you're looking for, which in the case of, say, rubbing ketamine here at the back of the neck, we call it neurodirect ketamine. Within a couple minutes, you're getting this relaxed feeling that lasts for hours that you can wow. still drive a car, go to work, the whole thing. And every time you do it, it builds up new neural pathways. We were approached by a chemist from Yale University who told us that he had already done a study rubbing LSD at the back of the neck right here for migraines. And according to him, it was almost 100% effective. You rub the LSD here, no psychedelic effect, but your migraine's gone in a minute. So That's unbelievable. Yeah. These are breakthroughs that couldn't have happened before now. And uh, I'm excited about it. I think we're just going to learn more and more. We'll get the testing to see who should have what. And we'll have these new delivery techniques like this NeuroDirect. It's a non-systemic drug delivery. We've never had that. Usually you have to take a pill or go through your skin. But right here, because of those free nerve endings, there's an electrochemical reaction that takes place. And you're getting the instant uh, effect but not having the systemic side effect. So Whoa. I don't know. Everything seems pretty exciting to me right now. Hell yeah, it does. I mean, cause you're in that miracle mindedness, of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, and also solution oriented, you know, like feeling like, okay, what, do, how do we, how do we tackle some of these things? And especially like some of the, com like the company you're talking about, like, that's very like, this is a potential to help like millions of people, you know? And when yes. you have something like that, I mean, what could, be more exciting. So yeah, thank you no, so much. it really yeah. So the best place to connect, I'm Zappy Zappelin, Z A P P Y Zappelin, Z A P O L I N, kind of like a violin, but a Zappelin. Uh -huh. So I'm Zappy Zappelin on social media and zappyzappelin.com. And yeah, reach out to me. I'm pretty available and flexible, and uh, I do enjoy you know, not only hearing about people's experiences, but hearing about some of these breakthrough opportunities as an individual for myself or in business as an entrepreneur. These are just so exciting what's happening um, that uh, I just think, you know, like you say, like what a trip. This is like incredible. If you, <laughs> if you look at it through the proper lens, this is an absolutely miraculous, incredible journey. I love it. Well, on that, thank you so much for your time, your wisdom, the knowledge. I learned a lot today, especially around like the science and different things. The burst, I'm going to be reading more about that. I had never heard that. So thank you so much for just, yeah, helping us to illuminate why psychedelics are so important. Beautiful. Thank you. Appreciate awesome. what you're doing. Thank you. And for everyone, as always, trip on this. <laughs>